Portions of this program may be pre recorded. All engines running, commit liftoff. Hey, welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Life Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson. If you would like to join the discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to us on pod, uh, via podcast because you missed us live, you can also email or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That's at SWAT Radio Talk. We would love to hear from you. We're going to be talking about uh, the news of the day, and we'd love to have you call in and uh, get your opinions and your takes on things. How's it going today, Doug? Well, it's good. I mean, uh, have you been watching the hurricane at all? You know, I know that for the people over on the Gulf Coast, mm-hmm. you know, we, we got listeners in Mississippi and Louisiana and Texas, and I know that um, Laura has strengthened, uh, you know, mm-hmm. uh, into a hurricane now. And uh, right now, the projected path is up through where the Louisiana-Texas border meets and then uh, up north from there and then back veering hard to the east. And uh, they're saying it's going to strengthen into probably a Category 3. So if you are listening in that area, you want to pay attention. I know that uh, they've got hurricane warnings out over in Port Arthur and and uh, uh, tropical storm warnings in Houston and Lafayette and Houma. And I'm, I'm actually going to be heading over to Shreveport uh, in about a week. And so... Um, that that's a terrible area over there for flooding. They mm. get a lot of flooding. So need to pray for those people and uh pray for wisdom for the leaders over there and uh pray for God's mercy on that part of the country. Uh yeah, so that's one of the big things right now. There the the Gulf waters are pretty warm. You know, I don't know if you noticed it was really muggy here today. It was really warm mm-hmm. and the waters are really warm right now, which can breed a strong hurricane. And, you know, we've talked about hurricanes before, one of the most powerful forces on Earth Yeah. when that happens. And so um, for people that think that they are powerful and they know mm. all the stuff, I mean, it, you think that's just one thing God has yeah. uh, that he's allowed in his creation, one small aspect mm-hmm. of him. He's so powerful. So... Um, you know, uh, I was uh, reading yesterday, and I, we didn't get to get into this very much. I meant to bring it up. You know, the first segment, by the way, if you're just tuning in, SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And every day on this program, we talk about biblical truth and a biblical worldview. During the first segment, we usually talk about it in relation to things going on around us. Uh, during the second and third segment, even the fourth segment, we usually will take whatever we're teaching and SWAT and we're in Hebrews now, but we've taken a break over the summer and now we're in letters to the church, which is a book written based on scripture by Francis Chan. And we've been kind of going through different chapters of that book that all relate to God's command to the church. But I wanted to bring up yesterday something that I'd read in uh, Jim Dennison's article. He makes the point, and we've quoted Oswald Chambers a couple of times, but he he brought this up that the Lord never asked us to decide for him, but to yield to him. Mm -hmm. 
which is different, right? I mean, yeah. that's a very different thing. Most Americans, I mean, think about how many times you may have heard a gospel presentation. You need to make a decision for Jesus, you know. Um, and, you know, when Jesus uh, gave them uh, Beatitudes, the very first one, he says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. That word poor there means to be so poor that you have nothing. Mm. And he says, blessed are those. And what that means is to recognize that we have nothing to bring to him. We need him. Uh, we yield to him. It's kind of like, could you imagine uh, on any realm of reality that during World War II, the Japanese come to the ship after um, Nagasaki and Hiroshima and they go, okay, we're going to surrender, but only on these conditions. Mm-hmm. They wouldn't, they, there's no way they would have done that. They, right. they were, they were crushed, right? Mm-hmm. They realized they had nothing to even fight with anymore. They, their spirit was broken. Well, we, a lot of times come to God. Yeah, God, I'll do this, but you got to do this. And we may mm-hmm. not verbalize it, but, but it's, it's in yeah. our attitude. Yeah. You know, and and I think that that's really important for us as we think about our desperate need for the love and grace of God. I was, you know, um, this COVID thing, I was talking to a guy earlier today and he said it has really caused a strain on relationships. Mm. uh, And I can attest to that. It has. And as you I, I was walking out of my bedroom and my wife, I think it was my wife that did it. I believe she uh, or a friend of her, somebody uh, had knitted this the words to Amazing Grace in like a cross-stitch mm-hmm. thing, and it was on our bedroom. And I was just looking at the words up there about God's grace. And I was thinking about the guy that wrote that song. Yeah. And he was a slave trader. Yep. And God broke him and revealed how impoverished he was. And it is very easy for us, especially when we're in the flesh. And, you know, we get in the flesh when we get defensive, when we get uh, uh, survival mode. Yeah. We, we try desperately to protect um, the things that we want to protect in our life. And a lot of times God just says, I just want you to have nothing but me. Yeah. And it's that's hard for us because we, we like to have a little stash of us over mm-hmm. here to be able to deal with stuff and And especially easy to say oh yeah nothing but god and when there's no challenges but in the face of challenge you know to say you know christ alone and walk with him no matter where he leads is that's a difficult thing to do yeah Uh, you know he brings up an important point in what he was sharing and i think it's good can a surgeon heal somebody who is not willing to submit themselves to his care Hmm. wow I mean, I guess Can, they knocked them out, right? I don't well, know, but, but no, yeah. th- but they're not submitting. If they're not submitting, the surgeon. All right, for instance, let's just say that you've got COPD, mm. and I'm trying to heal you of that, and you're a chain smoker. Oh yeah, anyway, and I yeah. tell you, listen, I can help you, but you've got mm-hmm. to stop smoking. And you go, I can't. That surgeon can't do anything right. because you're not yielding to the surgeon's instructions. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times with God, we 
either a we think we know better than god or we just concede that god's not powerful enough to heal us and help us mm. and that you know uh, paul says in romans 7 that nothing good dwells in me nothing good dwells in me which basically means that i need to know that if i want god to heal me i have to submit myself to him the one who is good yeah and so uh you know salvation really should be thought of not i think we tend to in our culture think of salvation as a one and done thing yeah and it's really there's three tenses of a view of salvation one we have been saved when he died on that cross even though you weren't even born yet he paid because remember we talked about yesterday before the foundation Mm -hmm. of the world he you were part of his plan so when he died on that cross We've been saved and justified by what he did, according to what 1 Corinthians says. But 1 Thessalonians says we are being saved and justified in a present tense as it's ongoing. And then in 2 Corinthians, he says in 2 Corinthians 3, we will be saved. Yeah. So it, it, is, a, it is a one and done thing. Mm-hmm. It is a now thing, and it is a future thing that we should think about. But if we only focus on that first part, guess what? Sometimes you can be content yep. to be your own boss and yep. not let him be the king he, he deserves to be. Um, I think and, that middle one, that, that being saved continually, being saved in, in the now is the most difficult one because it causes you to have that mindset, you know, every second of every hour. Whereas, mm-hmm. oh, you know, I was saved or, you know, I'm, I'm going to be saved on Judgment Day is kind of like this. Oh, yeah, th- those are there. But right now I'm you know, doing what I want. I think that's the temptation for a lot of people is to not really submit in the moment. Yeah. You know, the difference between Jesus and Tony Robbins, (laughs) what's that? Tony Robbins says, you got to know yourself. Mm. Jesus says, I want you to know me. Yeah. It's a difference of where we look. Mm -hmm. And I think if we're really honest, a lot of times, we tend to take the Tony Robbins approach to our life yeah. rather than the Jesus approach. I, I think in just in the last couple of weeks, I've had some, you know, I've, I've, it's been tough. You know, there's been some struggles and stuff. And I find myself when I'm looking at myself, I become defensive and survivalist mm-hmm. as I think about how I have to make things better. Mm-hmm. When I look at Jesus, I know that I don't have anything to prove and that he's my redeemer, that I am going to blow it. I'm going to keep blowing it. And I come back to the cross and I'm thankful for him. That is what humble. It doesn't humble us to look at ourselves. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. But it does humble us when we look at Jesus mm-hmm. because we know we don't deserve what he did for us. Yeah. And, and I think, uh, it's just really a good insight from chambers to, to yield to him. And so the question is, we look even today, we're talking about servanthood. Are we yielding to the master? And my friend says, you know, you're a servant when you're treated, you do the work of a servant, you're treated like a servant and you respond like a servant. Mm. Too often we want to do the work of a servant. And when we're treated like a servant, we respond like, wait a minute, right? I'm, I'm supposed to be on your part. Yeah. And we're not yeah. on par with Jesus. All right, stick with us. We will be back with more after the break, talking about servanthood. Uh, You can download our SWAT app in the App Store. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned.
If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. I pull, go back and forth, finding myself Pounding on a locked door I try to make it out alone without your help But I know I'll never win this war I can never be, never be free without you I can never be, never be me That is Freedom Hymn by Austin French. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, um, we are going to be talking about Letters to the Church by Francis Francis Chan, excuse me, uh, his chapter on servants in that book. Uh, we're going to be going over that. We've yeah, gone over. Actually, you know, well, no, you know, Taylor, I was just sitting here. I forgot yesterday we didn't really get into the gang oh, chapter, yeah. which is just a reminder again. We've been off of this for a while, mm-hmm. and and uh, if you've been listening to SWAT radio for any length of time, you know we don't normally look at books. We may talk about a book that's helpful, but typically we 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 will work through a Bible. But this this was an impactful book. He he uses a lot of scripture in it, and it's very insightful from his observations of what God had kind of. Uh, taken him through a process as a senior pastor who has been involved with ministry for 25 years. And I thought it was helpful to work through because I thought he made good observations. The first being that what church in America is really known for its love for one another. I mean, that was the departure really. Jesus said, they will know you by your love. Yeah. And even if you go back to uh, Acts chapter two, what did they do? It says the believers sold everything they or it sold they sold property they had to give to other people around them that did not have stuff they needed because they were being persecuted. 
And so I just wonder, you know, even just thinking about that in our current context, let's say that your friend and brother in the Lord has a family and he took a stand for Christ and he lost his job and he was without work and that employer spread the word about him and he couldn't get a job. Would you be willing to sell something to help support him? Mm. That's what they did. Yeah. It was not ordered by anybody. It wasn't planned. They People just spontaneously did that to care for one another. And they, their, their testimony spread around Jerusalem and around Judea uh, for being so loving of one another. So he makes the point about the departure from what the church should be known for. The attractiveness of the bride is because of our love for one another. But then he talked about, in the next chapter, we got into the sacred and how this calling that we have to be the bride of Christ is a sacred calling that we treat it as an option for us, very individualistic, I don't know if I'm going to go today. Mm -hmm. I don't know if it, you know, and we look at it as consumers rather than contributors to the overall plan of God. And I remember I shared that illustration about God knew before you were ever born, Taylor, that you were part of his plan for the church. And, um, and people go, well, yeah, but it is a lot different today than it was. And it is, but that doesn't still relieve us mm-hmm. from the responsibility to be contributing members of the church. And then we looked at the order and the fact that it is not optional for God's children to meet. The Bible says very clearly, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together. That's become an issue, especially under covid especially with government saying you will not meet Mm -hmm. for a while. Oh, but you can meet in a liquor store. Mm -hmm. Oh, but you can get 80 employees at a Walmart together. But the church is not essential, right? Mm -hmm. You can go to Home Depot. You can go to Publix. You you can go to all these places, but you can't meet. Uh, And if you do meet, you have to be only 10 and you can't sing. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, that's just it's, it, this is one of the never in my lifetime yeah and i'm 59 next week never in my lifetime have i experienced anything like this my dad who i know listened he's 87 he said he's never seen anything like this and now all of a sudden people are saying and, and think about it there are churches that have not met since Feb, the end of february yeah and still aren't meeting all mm-hmm. over this country, and and there, it's just random all over everywhere. Why? Because we uh, are fearful. Yeah. And one church that did meet out in California, and I'm not telling you to do this. I'm telling you what they did. They have been meeting. They have been meeting without mask, except for just a few, and without social distancing. They sing. They've got seven thousand members in their church. They have nobody sick from COVID, nobody in the hospital from COVID. Now, why is that? I mean, mm. you know, I when I think of that number 7,000, when I heard that on the news, you know, my first thought was, I have 7,000 people yeah. that have not bowed their knee yep. to bail. Elijah, you're not the only yeah. one. I, I think we discount God's sovereign, you know, care over people. And again, I'm not telling you to disobey, but there are times 
that God may lead you to go against an overreaching government authority. Mm-hmm. As in when Daniel was told by the king of Babylon, hey, I've issued an edict. You can't pray yeah. anymore except to me. Mm-hmm. And he didn't. He went in and he did it anyway. Now, he could have said, well, it's only for 30 days, but he didn't do that. And he opened up his window, right? Because that was his normal that was, practice. That was what he did. He, he didn't yeah. deviate. He, he, you, someone could have said, well, just you know, shut your windows and pray. and you know, But no, he was like, He nah, opened yeah. it up because it was important for him to be a witness mm-hmm. and to do what God had led him to do. Yeah. And I think far too often we're much more concerned about our fear Mm-hmm. or about our government than we are about our god yep. and when we talks about the order the order is this is what god wants this is not optional for us the church is the gathering of believers to worship to get instruction to fellowship with one another and to express that to the people around them mm-hmm. and so if our god isn't big enough for us to trust in the middle of a virus that has a mortality rate of 99 point, I mean, a point zero four percent let me restate yeah. <laughs> that. Think about that. I'm not saying it's not deadly, but there's been far deadlier viruses oh, that yeah. have hit our country that we have not done anything like this. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so how is the church going to respond? Or are we going to be people of faith? Are we going to be people of fear? And there's a difference between protecting the weak. I'm mm-hmm. not talking about that. There are people that are weak, the, the elderly. Mm-hmm. Uh, I see a guy sometimes uh, uh, when I go to this particular uh, uh, place, and you know, I went to shake his hand today, and he goes, "No, I, I'm a, I'm a lung transplant," and I go, "Okay, I'm so sorry." Yeah, you know, and I immediately grab my mask because I don't want him to feel right you know uh, afraid because he's at risk mm-hmm. but that's different than walking down the beach where nobody's out there yeah or, or walking even outside where we are right now in the air i mean like it's just crazy how fear has paralyzed us and now the church has really i think been hampered by it mm-hmm and allowed that to creep in. And what Chan talks about in the book is he he talks about with the order, this is from God. It's this is not something that is um it's not something that's optional for us. And he also used an illustration that I thought was good about his daughter. And I I just want to remind our listeners, if you didn't listen, we talked about this weeks ago, is like if his daughter had a birthday party and, you know, a few people were coming and his dad goes, you know what? We need to get more people here. Hey, let's, let's have the party at Dave and Buster's. And then all of a sudden 30 of her friends want to show up because mm-hmm. it's at Dave and Buster's. And at the party, if her dad goes up to her, man, you have a lot of people that love you. Yeah. She's going to go, no, they just want to come to Dave and Buster's. Right. That's what we do with the church. We try to jazz it up. We try to make it, we want to make it so people want to come be a part, not because of Jesus, not because of him. We think we have to help God, yeah, and we have to help him attract people. And instead of just preaching the word 
teaching the word, being authentic in our own worship and authentic in our fellowship. There's nothing more inviting to people that that are his out there that have not yet bowed their knee than to see worshiping, teaching, and fellowshipping of authentic believers because deep inside those people who were predestined before the end of the world before the beginning of the world, they see that and they go, I'm supposed to be there. Yeah. Something stirs within them. You know, and so what we've ended up doing is diluting the body of Christ by bringing in a bunch of people that are at, you know, at best stony ground mm-hmm. or thorny soil people that ultimately aren't true believers anyway. Because you can't be a believer because of any external influence. It has to be because the Holy Spirit comes in and changes you. Yeah. But that's almost blasphemous in some circles hmm. to say something like that. So, um, and listen, I'm not saying we shouldn't be sensitive to unbelievers, but there's a difference between being sensitive and driven by them. Yeah. You know, um, I don't know. You may have a differing opinion as a younger guy. I don't know. Uh, no, it, I, yeah, no, I think that the, for me, I would like the church that I go to be, go to to be more intentional you know and 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 treat the gathering in in the way that church is uh done as less uh trivial i mean trivial is not a good word for it but you know just more intense so more serious really Mm -hmm. well you know and that brings up the point of the the, this chapter on the gangs which is really the 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 last chapter before servanthood which we're going to get into and you know he says we live in a time when people go to a building on a Sunday morning, they go to one hour and they call themselves members. Yeah. And he goes, now think about a gang doing that. I ask you to think about a football team doing that. That'd be disastrous. Yeah. If you only showed up on game day. Yeah. So when we come back, we're going to get into the gang a little more and we'll get into servanthood. Okay. All right. Stick with us. We will be back with more after the news. We want to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Commonwealth Trucking and Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug at SWATradio.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter. The handle is at SWAT Radio Talk. That's at SWAT Radio Talk. Uh, we'd like to give a shout out to our listeners listening in Virginia, listening at the Lighthouse, and as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER. And all those of you listening locally, 91.7 here in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone. Far beyond my reach 
Squat Radio. That was Brandon Heath with Give Me Your Eyes. Um, if you are just joining us, we've been talking about letters to the church, and we are uh, recapping what we've been going over all summer um, because we've had a few weeks of a break from the book. And right now we're talking about the gang, uh, or getting into the gang. We just fi- finished up uh, recapping the order and uh, going to be recapping the gang and then we'll be getting into servants, which is the chapter that we're on. This yeah, week. well, really, the gang part is because one of the guys who's an elder, who was an elder at uh, the church out there, was a gang member. Yeah. And he, he used to tell Chan about the gang and how the loyalty they had to one another. And it brought up a, an important point in their elder meeting. And he makes this statement that I... If you're listening today, think about your church experience. And if you look at your church experience, I think most people want to believe that their church is is experiencing Christian love when they come together, right? Yeah. Um, but Jesus made it very clear when he uh, talked in Luke 6, that even sinners know how to love one another for doing things for them, right? Mm-hmm. So think about um, if you've ever been part of a sports team, worked in a restaurant, been part of a gym where you made friendships in that gym, or even just getting to know other parents at a sporting event you know, for your kids. Right. Is the love that you experience at church really any different from those kind of relationships and i think a lot of times that love that we that we would express as christian love would probably be more similar to that Mm -hmm. than to the new testament church experience of love because a supernatural love means that when there's needs the people respond to those needs they don't say oh he'll he'll figure it out yeah Uh, that when there's hurt, you deal with that hurt. You go to the person and you extend forgiveness instead of just saying, okay, we're leaving this church and we're never coming back. Mm -hmm. There's no supernatural elements a lot of times to the love that we display for one another. And that's what Jesus was talking about in Luke chapter 6. Jesus said in John 13, the way I've loved you, now you go love each other. And I think that gets far too little airtime in churches because that's hard. That's very difficult. I mean, let's just be really honest. That is very difficult for us. When somebody hurts us, our human tendency is to pull away, not to go and say, hey, that really hurt me, Taylor. You know, the way you did that and, um, you know, can we talk about it? Mm. No, I don't want to talk about it. Okay. I'm leaving the church. Good. You know, and then that's it. That's the way it works. Um, And so 
Our king, Jesus, allowed himself to be spit on, to be taunted, brutalized Mm -hmm. for us. And when the people did it, he looked out and he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Yeah. And he says, you go do like I do. That's pretty hard and difficult road to follow. Yeah. It would require what? A supernatural love. Mm -hmm. One that we can't manufacture. And, and I think sometimes when we realize we're trying to manufacture, I know at least in my case, I, I get mad because I can't, I can't manufacture that kind of love. It has to come from God. Mm. Right. Yeah. Um, so I want, I want you to think of people in your church right now, everybody listening. When you think of people in your church, I want you to think of faces right now. The Jones, the Smiths, the Williams, whoever. Think of those people. Think about the length to which Jesus went to bring those people into the body of Christ. Think about all the things he endured. And imagine how he thought of them. And and think about how he didn't think it was too great a sacrifice to lay his life down for them. He didn't hold anything back. He gave it all. He did everything that was necessary to help them be part of that body. And he did the same for me and for you. Mm -hmm. So let's ask ourselves, who is God asking us to pursue the way he pursued us? Mm. Is there somebody uh, who could we spend time with who is, you know, that, that we know needs somebody in their life? Uh, I mean, Jesus laid it all down for them. And you go, well, I don't have time. I can't do this. If we're part of his body, he calls us to love one another. Yeah. The way he's loved us. See, that's what a gang does. And that's why he wrote that chapter on the gang. Because in a gang, if they see a brother in that gang who needs help, they drop whatever they're doing to go help that brother mm-hmm. because that right there becomes the overriding priority in their life. Do you see that in the American church? No. I mean, it's it's very much, I'll do this if it's convenient. Yeah. I'll do this if I can work it out. Mm-hmm. I'll do this if, it, you know, if, if I can fit it into my schedule. The same love that Jesus had for us, what he says in here, uh, for first john 4 7 beloved let us love one another for love is from god whoever loves has been born of god and knows god anyone who does not love does not know god because god is love in this the love of god was manifest among us that god sent his only son to the world that we might live through him and this is love not that we've loved god but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins if god loved us we ought also to love one another no one has ever seen God if we love one another. No one has ever seen God. If we love one another, God abides in us and his love is perfected in us. And what he's saying is we haven't seen God, but if we love one another, we give people an opportunity to, to see God on display in mm-hmm. us. And that's what I think is really important for us as we think about the gang it's a supernatural love and a supernatural unity he talks about. And then he gets into being a servant. And, you know, 
when I think of humility and service and servanthood, the first passage that pops into my mind is Philippians 2, 5 through 11, where Paul says, have this attitude in yourselves like Jesus, who, even though he was God, did not consider equality with God something to be held on to, but instead he humbled himself and became a man obedient to death, even death on the cross. He became a servant. Mm-hmm. Jesus said, hey, I didn't come for you to serve me. I came to serve you. And he told his disciples, now go do likewise. So why do we think we're above that? I mean, do you ever think about it? I mean, like we do. I mean, like mm-hmm. nobody wants to be a servant, do they? Yeah, no. I mean, You want people to serve you. I want people to serve me. I mean, like when you think of servants, who do you think of? Who's do do, do people pop into your head? My mom, my yeah, mom, my yeah, wife, yeah. my mother in law. I think of people I've witnessed serving. Yeah, and many times with no response back from people, just mm-hmm. to do it because they love people and they feel called to do that, and and it's hard for us. Yeah, especially, especially for people like, you know, outside the family, because, you know, for me, it's it's easy to serve uh, my wife or to serve my nieces or, you know, anyone in the family. But without that connection, it, you know, it kind of makes it difficult to, like, get your heart in that space to give of your time, you know, to to serve in a in a, a real way. I think this mindset, Taylor, has been so destructive in the church that we come every Sunday to be served, mm-hmm. not to serve. Yeah. I know very few people that think about, except pastors, we all should have the same attitude as the pastor when he comes to church on Sunday. When he comes to church, you know what he thinks? I'm going to serve the people. Yeah. But everybody else thinks they're coming to get from right. the church. Mm-hmm. And we all, and that's the point he makes in the book, everybody has a spiritual gift. We all have at least one. And when we come, we come to church as a gathering to bless one another, to edify, encourage one another. And so let's say, you know, you have the gift of encouragement. Maybe that Sunday, instead of going next Sunday, instead of going thinking, you know, I hope the preacher's good today, or I hope the music's good today. You go, who can I encourage today? This is why it's important for you to know what your spiritual gifts are. Yeah. And think, how can I use these for the kingdom on a Sunday morning? So I, I don't know. I, I I just think we it starts with us. We mm-hmm. have to change the mentality. When I go on Sundays, I go to be a contributor not a consumer and i think what's interesting about that is because you know kind of my thought when hearing like there's sometimes the kind of the way the church is structured now there's not the opportunity to everybody for everyone to serve um but you know there's nothing you or i as individuals uh as apart from like starting our own church can really do about that except for have that servant mindset whenever we do go to church and then hopefully as that grows then that would transform you know, the church, but it has to start. You have to take care of what you can take care of, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, think about it. Do we believe, like, I I know people have said, well, you know what? I'm so young in the faith. I need to learn more before I can give. 
don't we discount the supernatural ability of God to use us mm-hmm. then? Yeah. What we're saying is I've got to learn more. Yep. Yeah. Instead of God can use me right where I am. Yeah. So we will be right back. Uh, we want to give you guys a chance to call in and talk about this. We'd love to hear what you have to say. Uh, call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's one 844 swat Or you can email us at ask at swatradio.com. That's ask at swatradio.com. Stay tuned. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts, and truck rental, and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. David Crowder. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we have been talking about letters to the church and uh, did a little bit of a summation of where we have gotten so far. And now we are getting in and been talking about uh, the chapter on servants. So if you would like to call in and um, tell us what your thoughts are uh, on what we've talked about so far, uh, you can call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask at SWATradio.com. We would love to hear from you, love to hear uh, your thoughts on this. Um, so with that, I was thinking, Doug, uh, you know, he talked about right before the servants, he was talking about the gang. And it kind of, in order, because, you know, 
I think reading through that chapter, you kind of get a feeling like, man, I want to be a part of something that's more close knit. And, and it, it kind of, in my mind, it seemed that servanthood and serving together is the key to, or the catalyst to creating that tight knit gang, that, that, that family atmosphere. Cause I think about like sports, you know, going through hardship, working together, um, doing things together creates, uh, Unity creates a bond much well, quicker than I, any other way. I think you're absolutely right. In fact, even at SWAT, okay, and, and I mean, when you were just sitting there talking, I'm thinking about how we serve mm-hmm. and distribute food. In fact, we're doing a food giveaway this weekend. I, w- I would love for you to pray for us, um, you know, um, on the north side of town with the CRC with Councilman Gaffney. And you've been there. Mm-hmm. You see the camaraderie that is there. and I, And every time... Every time I go to another SWAT event, um, the guys that I've been and served with, it's like, oh, hey, what's up? You yeah, know, there's you, a, there, they're yeah. starting to develop relationships, yeah. right? Because you're serving together. How much pride do you see out there on this on on the arena of serving? I mean, when we're serving, it's kind of hard to be prideful when you're out there unpacking boxes yeah. and trying to mm-hmm. help people in need. Mm-hmm. You see people really hurting, right? Yeah. And and so that's part of the issue, oh, is we don't serve. Think about the disciples. Everywhere they went, they were serving. They were helping people. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge part. One of the issues, I think, with the church, Taylor, is it chance uh, shared an illustration in the book that I think is very helpful. He says, is there ever a point when a church is no longer a church? Hmm. In other words, um, is it just because the doctrinal statement no longer says Jesus is God? Or could, let, let's say you walk, it, let, let's rephrase it. Just because you walk into a building with a church painted on the sign doesn't mean God sees it as an actual gathering of his believers. He says this illustration, I thought it's good. He said, let's say I was into people's health, so I started Chan's Healthy Juice Shop. Okay, yeah, I know we got a caller. Just uh, So we got hands... Chan's Healthy Juice Shop. And I started making kale, carrots, beets, spinach, all those healthy things. Mm -hmm. And people were coming, but not a lot because they didn't like it. So then I started putting whipped cream. And then I started putting chocolate syrup and more sales and then gummy bears and M&Ms. And then all of a sudden I was having people out the door. Everybody loved it, but there wasn't nothing healthy about it, Mm -hmm. even though it still had the name Juice Shop. So he said, this is what happens in churches. Prayer, communion, fellowship, Bible reading doesn't attract people. Mm. So what we do is we start adding elements that attract people, and we accomplish a goal, but it's the wrong goal. And and we stop serving people what's really good for them yeah. in an effort to get them to be part of something, to get an initial message instead of discipling them. Tozer said, our most pressing obligation today is to do all in our power to obtain a revival that result in a reformed, revitalized, and purified church. It's far greater that we have better Christians than we have more of them. Mm. And I think that's true. Yeah. So anyway, and, and what he's saying is better witnesses. Right. That's what he means. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think we got a caller. Yeah, so. I believe we have uh, Karina on the line. Hello. Yeah. Hi. Can you hear me okay? Yes, ma'am. Yeah. Where are you calling from? Awesome. Jacksonville. Okay. Well, good. Glad you're calling in today. Yeah. I love this conversation on uh, just building a culture of serving and um, serving like Jesus. And 
I, I just wanted to comment. I work with a youth group in our church, and um, me growing up in the church, I cannot stress enough how important it is even just um, those who serve who come to church and they're not looking to be fed but looking to give and um, mm-hmm. what an impact that makes on the youth. And, and this is from, you know, infants all the way up to high school. They are taking in what they see around them. I can remember people, what it actually looks like for someone to show up to church and be ready to greet somebody that they've never met before. Mm. Um, what, and I think even, too, for communities that do not feel loved and welcome, I mean, it's monkey too much to do, and I love and so grateful for the people who somebody walks in, whether um, it's a transgender individual or um, somebody who, you know, is homeless and is dirty, but they greet them, they love them. And that stuff sticks with us as, as at least for me, it stuck with me um, mm. to the point where I can remember how to implement that and to do that. Sometimes reading the Bible, too, like, it seems very removed from what that can look like now. Um, so I definitely want to encourage the adults. I love that y'all are talking about this. We, I, I personally want the next generation to be equipped to give, to be a part of what it looks like to be like God. Mm-hmm. So love, love, love that y'all are talking about it. Well, well, thank you so much for listening, and even that reminder. You know, it just if I if I think about even what you said, and I know this may get some emails or texts, but that's okay. Um, is you know, I think about even the term transgender. I mean, your initial visceral response if you're really committed to the Word of God is, Ugh, you know, I mean, you think that. But then you think about a guy like Zacchaeus or even Levi. They weren't cleaned up yeah. when Jesus said, hey, come follow me. Yeah, those people are individuals, you know, and they need Christ's they, love. They yeah. need somebody to say, hey, why don't you follow Jesus? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. what they need somebody to say. And I think there's, there's a point where, yeah, if they profess to be a believer, that's one thing. You know, to talk to them about what they're doing. But I think we write people off so quick to even invite them. Mm-hmm. And and I think if you show somebody that they have value, which Jesus, think about Zacchaeus. Everybody hated Zacchaeus. Yeah. Nobody wanted to be around that guy. The prostitutes, they didn't want to be around them. And Jesus said, hey, you know what? Your sins are forgiven. Mm-hmm. Now go and sin no more. He, he didn't ever affirm sin, but what he did was give value to those people. And I think that's what you were talking about. If I heard you, Karina, I think that's what you were trying yeah. to get across. So, yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you for calling and, um, and keep listening and hopefully, uh, we'll keep encouraging. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You, you know, I, I think, um, you know, Taylor, I mean, I saw you and me, we, we, that initial visceral response a lot of times is, I mean, if you think about if a transgender person walked into your church service, your initial response would be, what are they doing? Mm, Yeah. And I think of that line in home alone, you know, that great theological movie, (laughs) uh, with, uh, you know, for Christmas, everybody always watches it when he's talking to the old man and he goes, I'm not welcome. And he goes in church, yeah, like around the people of God who 
everyone is vile. Everyone is a sinner, and Jesus redeemed those people. I mean, and I think about that, and I think sometimes in our efforts to declare the holiness of God, which we should never compromise on, we somehow communicate to people that they're beyond hope. Mm. And Paul says, such were some of you. And he says, homosexuals, effeminate. Mm -hmm. He says that. And so those people were transformed by the grace of God. Yeah. And and I think we forget that sometimes. So that's what it means to be servants. That's what it means to be, you know, a part of his body, an attractive bride that people like that go, what did they have? Yeah. That I want that, yeah. you know. And I mean even to be so attractive that, you know, uh, you know, people who are outside the church come to the church because of that and then so then you would have people who uh, are you know transsexual or who you know are out there living crazy whatever, in whatever some way. they're doing yeah. and and then when they come to be oh man this is something really different that's unique and attractive yeah because you know? the church was not a building mm-hmm. in the new testament it was a gathering of believers we have assigned it a geographical location yeah but it was always about the people and that's the difference between the new testament and the old testament the Old Testament was come and see God. The New Testament's go and be God out in the world. Let him be seen in your life. Yeah. So we'll continue this servanthood talk tomorrow, man. Yeah, we will talk about servanthood as well as in the first segment, whatever's going on. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we would love to have you guys call in then. But for now, you've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. Or you can listen to our podcast by searching SWAT Radio. Radio, excuse me. You can also follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more SWAT Radio. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening spiritual